there, everybody. Everyone who chose to turn this on, at least. The power's out. It's a Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. What day of the week is it? <laughs> yeah, it's Tuesday, May 4th. It's 8.42. It's almost completely dark out. It's dark in the house because, like I said, the power's out. It's been out for about an hour. So I sat for a little bit on the front porch as the light waned from the day and had some food and a cider as the dogs sat and watched me, wondering if I was going to give them some chicken. And I made up my mind to build a fire, which is something that has brought me a tremendous amount of joy over the last year or so of living in this house. We've got two big fireplaces that run up the central, the center of the house. It's stacked, so there's a fireplace on the ground floor as well as on the, the upper floor. We've never done two fires at once, but maybe one of these days. This house is from the 70s, and it's not terribly, it's not well insulated, so it gets real cold in the winter. So this winter was m mostly spent by me and my housemates. Uh, hustling home and either being bundled up when we were out in the main area or going back into our rooms where we had space heaters. But I did make an order of an order on Facebook Marketplace. I found a guy who had some black locust firewood, and so we got a big truckload of that, stacked it in front of the house, and multiple times a week, I would take the wood out in front of the front porch and chop it up, carry it inside and start a big roaring fire. And it was always fun to see how people gathered around it, whether it was at actu like actually when we had a gathering and people were at the house, or just if I built one and watching if my housemates would kind of congregate around this thing that our ancestors have been doing for basically as long as humans have been around sitting around fire especially at night in the dark for warmth and for light and for community it's been interesting getting into chopping wood and building fires it's brought me so much joy and, and peace and I don't know there's something so meditative about it for me just picking out a, a number of big chunks of wood and carrying it and putting it on a bigger block of wood and then I've got this eight pound maul this big like wood chopping axe and just getting good at chopping wood and getting it on the first hit and just watching these blocks of wood just explode it's so satisfying and then getting to carry it all inside and immediately build a big fire that people gather around I really, I can't say that there's a whole lot in my life outside of my artwork that gives me this much satisfaction and fulfillment. Like it just feels like it feels so good for my soul to go through the process of chopping wood and carrying it inside and then building a fire and then just sitting and watching it, tending to it, making sure it is fueled by fresh logs and sticks. Learning how to work with fire over the last year or so, a little bit longer. I've got to watch my buddy Danny 
build fires and uh fires have always kind of intimidated me i had a really intense experience as a little boy with fire that i think made me very wary around flames for most of my life and hesitant and that's actually what got me to go to my room just now I was sitting on the couch watching the fire and I was like, ah, oh, what could I do right now? Aside from just sit and watch the fire. I was like, oh, I could record a podcast. That'd be cool. Power's out, but I can go get the microphone and speak my mind for a little bit. It's been a long time. I haven't recorded something in a while. So I started thinking about what I would talk about. And I've realized so far this year through therapy how good it is to, to just talk at length. And once in a while, I'll give myself permission with a loved one or a close friend or someone that I know is truly listening. I'll, I'll allow myself to like really indulge in a story, go deep into a memory. But there's something different when it comes to just speaking into the microphone I feel no pressure to turn the conversation back to the person that's listening I don't feel any social pressure in a, to capture the person's attention I mean if you're here and you're listening to this that means you're already you're already attentive you are a captured audience until you decide to turn this thing off so if you're here and you're listening that means you're interested And something about that gives me permission to, to speak at length and allow my mind to kind of open up in a way that I don't normally allow it to. I turn myself off a lot of times when it comes to sharing for fear that someone is not truly listening to me. It's, it's probably a sensitivity of mine, maybe from growing up in a big family and never really having anyone's full attention whether it be a sibling or a parent. But the yeah, sensitivity, reading the body language of people and determining whether or not they're attentive and paying it and, and like tuned in to what it is that I'm saying and feeling uh, an insecurity or self-consciousness when it comes to what I am saying. And here sitting in front of this fire with this microphone and my only audience in my physical space are dogs who seem to be pretty content to sit here. We went for a run in the woods earlier when there's still light. So yeah, I was sitting on the, on the couch thinking about recording something and I was like, what am I going to talk about? And in my mind, I'm thinking two things. Firstly, first of all, like my, my life has been pretty sweet lately. I've, I've been, I finally stepped down from working at Trader Joe's a few weeks ago. I made my last day, and I've gone full full time into tattooing. The last two months, I've been fully booked up and tattooing five or six days a week. I'm I'm more financially lucrative than I ever have been in my life for less work than I've ever done in my life. Not to say it's not challenging work or it hasn't pushed me, but it has but it's satisfying 
and on most days I leave the shop feeling so fulfilled in although I'm a little worn out and sometimes my body is hurts <laughs> I feel pretty fucking good so I'm thinking like I don't really want to talk about how good my life is right now I mean I'm sure it's maybe it's nice to hear for people like oh somebody's doing well that's good and maybe you're applauding me and you're excited about where I'm at in my life which is great then there's you know the things that maybe aren't going well in my life but I don't really want to talk about that either the things that are causing friction those are things that I can deal with with the people they are directly related to or I can talk about to my therapist about it I don't need to do that on here so that leaves me with a third option which is to tell a story to open my mind and just speak speak something that maybe has been floating around maybe just needs to be shared maybe it's something that will resonate with someone or inspire somebody or just shit just be engaging to listen to so as I recognize that I ask myself what what could I talk about sitting here in this dark living room in front of this hissing and popping fire and the, the thought occurred to me is this thing that's in sitting that's sitting in front of me this fire is something that's been really formative in my life going back to that early memory maybe even earlier than that let's go back further I grew up with six siblings and it was really chaotic in my house most of the time everyone was doing something it was constant movement constant noise but every once in a while we would gather in this little back room of the house the den which had a fireplace and bookshelves and couches. And at night, especially in the winter, we'd, my dad would build a fire and we'd all gather around and he'd read Lord of the Rings or The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe or The Hobbit to us. And I remember snuggling up under a blanket, leaning against one of my sibling's legs or cuddled up on the couch and drifting in and out of sleep as my dad's voice carried through the room and mixed with the fire and the pops as he did voices for Gollum or Aslan, Aslan, <laughs> the lion. It was cool. It was magical. It, it awoke uh, a sense of imagination in my mind the mind of like a, a young child to be able to be read to and hear those words and understand them in a way that allows pictures and images and movies to start to take shape in your mind is such an incredible thing. It's such an incredible gift to give a young mind, any mind, is story. Story about a fireplace. So fast forward a couple of years, my family takes this summer vacation, I guess, to a friend's cottage, a fam family friend's cottage, and 
I don't remember many of the details of this place or how long we were going to be there, but I remember gathering around the bonfire one night after dinner to make s'mores, maybe play some music. There's this big roaring fire that my, my dad and maybe one of my older brothers had built. And at some point, my dad, I was, you know, enthralled as most kids are. I was fascinated by the fire. And at some point, my dad said, oh, D- David, throw one of those logs back up. And I went to pick it up. And it, it turns out it was a log that had rolled off the fire, and it was very hot. And I tried to pick it up with my whole hand without testing how hot it was because I had no idea and I burnt the shit out of my hand and I have memories of you know I don't know if I remember specifically the pain of the instant but I remember later on that evening my, my parents tucking us under bed my mom tucking us into bed me and my younger brothers in our little bunk bed or wherever we were in the cottage and my hand just throbbing with the pain of a burn and maybe I had an ice pack on it or something. And I, I was just crying and just obviously in pain. And my mom said, you know, David, if you say the Our Father, just pray. Just pray the Our Father. Your pain will go away. And she kissed me on the head and went and turned out the light. And I laid there in the dark and I just prayed, desperately prayed. But the pain didn't go away. My hand kept hurting. And I, I laid there with probably tears in my eyes, just like desperate for this intense pain to go away. And it didn't. And I'm sure I f- fell asleep at some point from probably exhaustion. But I, I rem- realized years later in like looking back at my life that this was like a pivotal moment because this is this this felt like a some damage on multiple levels. This this was um a failure of authority. My, my parents, you know, my father telling me to pick up the log and trusting him to, to that it was an okay thing to do and doing it and, and being hurt. And then my mother telling me that it's going to be okay if I pray. And it wasn't. And then on even a higher level, turning to this God that I had been raised to believe had my best interest in mind and was there to protect me and keep me safe not answering my prayers and that planted a seed for me of like doubt and and uh lack of trust in authority figures and my parents and god and just authority in general teachers and police officers and anyone who's supposed to help us and keep us safe i've i've realized i have a a deep mistrust for which I'm working on. Years after this, in recognizing this moment in my life as something that was really impactful to me, I also recognized how it it directed me. It, it began me down a path of finding, uh, finding my own way, finding my own understanding of what God is and what trust is and what it is to be human and make mistakes as my parents surely did and how that initial denial of their faith in God led me down a path of rejecting the church 
at a young age and wandering for a while without really knowing but having a feeling there was something that uh, some form of faith that I was interested in and there's something bigger than me but I, didn't, I couldn't put a name on it and in my 20s I didn't care I just wanted to have fun I wanted to party years later I found myself teaching English in Taiwan and living a very enjoyable exciting adventurous life but not terribly fulfilling there's something missing my girlfriend at the time and I ended up breaking up after our second year but deciding to continue with our plans to travel through Southeast Asia together and it was a two and a half month trip through Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, Malaysia. I'd never had that amount of time off and at the very beginning of it I began journaling and doing a lot of reading along the way and just really sinking into this experience of travel. In like the second month of our trip, nearing the end, somewhere in Malaysia at this little hostel in a beach somewhere, I ran into another American and we began talking about books that we had been finding along the way of our trip. And he offered to make a book swap. So I gave him a book that I had just read called Shantaram, which is a fantastic book if you haven't read it. And he gave me a book called The Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. The Tibetan Book of Living and Dying which has to do with Buddhism and meditation. And I began reading it. And through my readings, I opened this door that I think I had been wanting to open for a long time to revisit the idea of spirituality and God and connection with source. But I didn't know how to. So this book was maybe a key or a portal, a door, to re-enter that space from a different angle than the one that I had been presented as a kid being Catholicism. And I started to meditate. I carved out time on that trip to sit in my bunk, close my eyes, and breathe. And when I returned home, I continued that practice. And over the years, I've cultivated it and refined it and fallen off of it and come back to it and learn more techniques and determine what my practice is. And most days I'll, I'll find time to just sit and breathe and allow my, my thoughts to pass by and observe them and quiet my mind for even just a moment and then say a prayer and go about my day. My prayer as I wrap up is just that my mind remains clear so that I can experience the thoughts that rise up and then my ears remain open so that I can hear what is happening around me, what is true. And my eyes remain open so that I can see what is truly in front of me, that my words are kind and loving and true that my heart is open so that I can receive love and transmit love. And that my body stays strong and flexible and full of energy. 
And I shift that prayer to the rest of the world, to all those around me. May all of you experience those things and have that clarity and that openness. And then I go about my day, which is great. It's a really nice centering practice. But fire, I burnt myself. I burnt myself by not taking the, the time to look at whether or not this log was hot. And I learned a valuable lesson, maybe many lessons in that experience. But I was afraid of fire and I was afraid of being burnt again in my life. And I'm sure we all are. How many times have we been burnt by something and then we don't want to touch it? Whether it be a relationship or a conversation with someone. Maybe we opened ourselves up and someone hurt us. Maybe we sang and someone told us to shut up. It hurts. And we shy away from it. We avoid that thing that hurt us. The fire. The fireplace. But it wasn't until the last couple of years that I got to slowly become comfortable around fire again and start to build fire that I realized that this thing gives me so much fucking joy. Like I, I have rarely felt more peaceful than when I'm sitting in front of a fire. And even more so if it's a fire that I got to build and tend to, to, to put my love and my energy into creating this thing that not only I get to enjoy, but those around me get to enjoy. What is it that burnt you? What is the thing that disappointed you and hurt you and left you shy or afraid to explore something that captured your attention so powerfully before? What if you could gently open that door back up and examine something, be curious and be playful and realize that very little in this world is good or bad. It just is. And we determine that value judgment via our our own perspective. And our perspective is something that is malleable, is something that we can change. I love this fire and I respect it. (laughs) I respect it. And it's something that I intend to have a relationship with for the rest of my life and to share with other people for the rest of my life.